1: Hey, Daniel, do you ever think about what the night sky looked like to our ancestors? I do. I wonder how it looked to them. And
0: I also like thinking even further back in the past, like what did the dinosaurs see in
1: the sky? Yeah, they probably should have looked at the sky more carefully, you know, looking for (laughs) meteors, for example.
0: I know dinosaur astronomers totally fell down on the job. But you can even think further back, like the first eyeballs on Earth 500 million years ago. Mm,
1: You mean like microbe astronomers? (laughs) Or, you know, think to the future. I wonder what the night sky will look like to humans yeah. billions of years from it now. It could be totally different. I mean, if there even are humans, then.
0: Yeah, well, I'm thinking about the future cockroach astronomers and hoping they will keep an eye on the stars for us. I hope whatever they see doesn't bug them. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of Ph.D. Comics.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, and that was the first time I ever said cockroach on the podcast. <laughs>
1: and astronomers in the same sentence, <laughs> publicly.
0: I love astronomers. I love astronomy. I'm nothing but pro-astronomer.
1: I do like the idea of dinosaur astronomers. That's pretty cool.
0: My favorite story about dinosaur astronomers is that they really did have a chance to save themselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your
0: favorite. I feel like you thought about this before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the meteor that came and wiped out the dinosaurs made a near pass by the Earth 10 years earlier. No way. Yeah, and came close enough that they should have been able to look up and see it in the sky. So if they had funded their version of NASA, they could have saved their own lives. In 10 years, you think dinosaurs could have uh, built
1: spaceships? And Necessity is the mother of invention, right? <laughs> you think they should have called the dinosaur Bruce Willis, put him on a spaceship and get him to deflect that asteroid? It in 10 years? Well, you know, the other option is what happened. So anything mm. is better than that. But, anyways, welcome to our podcast. Daniel and Jorge talk about dinosaur astronomers. That's all we
0: do. (laughs) Daniel and Jorge digress in the very first moments of the podcast. (laughs) That's
1: right. Now, welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: In which we talk about all the amazing and beautiful and crazy things about the universe, the violent events, the incredible drama happening in the inside of stars, the tiny little particles that apparently make up everything you see and touch and taste.
1: Yeah, all of the spacey stuff out there happening in the universe and even in our own backyards or I guess, our solar system
0: backyard. That's right, because when you look out into the night sky, you are not seeing a still picture. You are not seeing a flat image. You are seeing a drama unfolding on cosmic distance scales and time scales. If you were to look at the night sky sped up a little bit, you would see incredible events, huge explosions, massive collisions. It would put Hollywood to shame.
1: It's like a cosmological Telenovela. A lot of <laughs> twists and turns. I don't know if anybody's really like backstabbing anybody. or does, you the, know. does the Earth have an evil twin on the other side of the sun? Planet X? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Extreme close-up. <laughs> I don't
0: know if there's so much political intrigue, but there is definitely drama. There are things that happen rapidly all of a sudden. There are sudden changes of fate. Mm. There are things that are happening. And so I think it's fun to think about how our solar system will evolve.
1: Yeah, because as we as humans found out about a hundred years ago, the universe is not static. Things are changing. The stars are moving. The galaxies are blazing across the, the universe. And new stars are being born all the time.
0: That's right. And stars can change, right? They are formed from the collapse of gases into a hot, dense object that can fuse. Eventually, they turn into something else like a black hole or a white dwarf. They go through this evolution. And so it's natural to also wonder, like, What about planets? Do planets have future stages in their evolution? Are they like Pokemon? They can evolve into different (laughs) versions? They that the Earth is only stage one? <laughs> I don't know enough about Pokemon to even really make that joke. I just watch my kids play so I can uh, say energy cards and I Pokemons see. evolve. Then we're at the end of my knowledge.
1: I, I think our planet is Earth type.
0: <laughs> is it an EX or a GX? Does it have the shiny glint on it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it used to. I think it used to have a shiny glint to
0: it. That's right. And we did a podcast recently in which we talked about Jupiter and how close Jupiter was to having become a star. And a bunch of listeners wrote in asking us about that, Jim Sanchez, Doug Dodds and Ryan Kierkes all wrote and asked us like, well, is Jupiter on the verge of becoming a star? Could it one day eventually become a star?
1: Mm, Because I guess it's kind of a fine line between being a giant cloud of dust and being a giant gas planet and maybe being a giant ball of flaming gas like the sun. (laughs) It's kind of a fine line, it turns out. How
0: fine a line is it? Either on fire or you're not. That seems pretty clear cut to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what does it take? Like a match or, you know, a spark? I guess that's the question we'll be talking about today. That's right. So today on the program, we'll be asking the question... Could Jupiter become a star? Is it too late for Jupiter or can it still, you know, find the right role (laughs) and suddenly be the new darling of Hollywood?
0: Hey, you know, jump onto TikTok and anybody can become a star. Oh, hey, that's what Jupiter needs. That's right. But there was some actual serious talk about this a couple of decades ago. Mm. NASA sent a probe out to study Jupiter and they didn't want the probe to infect any of Jupiter's moons where we think there might potentially be life right microbial life and we didn't want to crash galileo this probe onto any of jupiter's moons because we didn't want to bring any earth's microbes right once you bring earth's microbes you can no longer ask like are there native microbes and so instead they crashed the probe into jupiter itself oh because we don't care
1: about infecting jupiter
0: (laughs) i think the idea was that it would burn up and get crushed because jupiter has this incredible atmosphere so get immolated in descent whereas the the moons don't have those atmospheres And so it would actually land on the surface and potentially survive. Mm,
1: But there was some concern about that.
0: Yeah, people were wondering, like, if Jupiter is on the verge of becoming a star, if it's this huge ball of gas and you drop a match into it, essentially, is there a possibility that it could have ignited the atmosphere of Jupiter and birthed
1: a new star? Mm, Because, I mean, Jupiter, if you think about it, it's a giant ball of hydrogen right kind of like mm-hmm. the Hindenburg kind of like the Hindenburg but much bigger that's what I mean it's like the, a big balloon made out of hydrogen <laughs> and all you need is a little flame and some oxygen mm-hmm. all of a sudden it sounds very unstable right it does it sounds like a bad like 1920s idea <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, this
0: actually appears in science fiction as well. In the well-known series 2001, 2010, etc., they turn Jupiter into a star. Oh, on purpose. Yeah, on purpose, I guess. You know, the aliens, we don't really ever understand their psychology but they turn it into a new star. They call it Lucifer. Nice. The aliens call it Lucifer? I don't remember the details of that book. Yeah. Who calls it Lucifer? Whether it's the aliens naming it or, you know, earthbound cartoonists who were elected to a naming committee <laughs> who gave it that name.
1: But I do remember in the sequel to 2001, 2010, I think, uh, that at the end, Jupiter does become a star. Oh, Sorry, spoiler Um, Jupiter becomes a star at the end of that movie. (laughs) And uh, I always wondered like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But what does that mean? Is that going to change our solar system or what's the big deal?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's an interesting question. It's right here in our backyard. It seems relevant. So we thought we would try to figure out how close is Jupiter to becoming a star? If you wanted to turn it into a star, what would you have to do? So
1: as usual, Daniel went out there into the wilds of the Internet and asked people to submit their answer to. To the question, could Jupiter become a star?
0: That's right. So thank you to everybody who participated. And if you'd like to participate in future rounds of person on the internet interviews, please send us a note to questions at danielandjorge.com. We'd
1: love for you to answer our questions. So before you listen to these answers, think about it for a second. Do you think Jupiter could become a star? Here's what people had to say. I think anyone who claims to know whether Jupiter can turn into a star, absolutely, is probably exaggerating their knowledge in order to make up (laughs) (laughs) for deficiencies. I think
0: think Jupiter is like a failed star because it's not massive enough to have the fusion reactions at the core. Um, The only way I can think of that it could become a star would be if it pulled in enough matter. Well, it didn't for a reason. I suppose. Not enough mass. Um, I didn't hear that it almost became a star. But, well,
1: maybe it's if another planet struck it. I think the universe is very unlikely to happen, but it happened. So perhaps it's just as unlikely that Jupiter would turn into a star, but I suppose it could happen. Wow. Yes! Wait, what kind I of. I mean, star? no
0: what,
1: but is what it, kind or- of star? Jupiter is a gas giant, and it's made of gas, and stars are also made of gas. So I think maybe if a smaller star came into it... I suppose if it became big enough and had enough gravity, it, it could turn on and become a star, but I'm not aware that it's uh, it's growing. My short answer is I don't think so. yes. I think that it's eight times more massive that it would need to become in order for uh, Jupiter to start burning hydrogen and fusing it into helium. But even if you were to combine all the planets in the solar system, you wouldn't get to the mass needed. So by natural means, no, it's not possible. But theoretically, could Jupiter become a star? Then yes, you just need to add Eight more Jupiters to it. If Jupiter's EP, new EP does extremely well, I think Jupiter might be able to become a star. If, uh, if Jupiter's is no. really in it. No. <laughs> Anyone can be a star with a good enough instrument. Oh, my gosh. I believe that the gas giants have cleaned up our solar system enough that it is unlikely that Jupiter would be able to get enough mass to turn into a star. Well, theoretically possible, it's unlikely, I think. The way that it might happen is maybe if they're a rogue planet that collided with Jupiter or sufficient other
0: material like comets and asteroids and so on. But uh, that seems um, implausible.
1: All right, some great answers. I, I like the one that said, yes, I mean, no. Wait, what's a star? <laughs> if you're not going to be accurate, you should at least be enthusiastic. <laughs> right? Well, I guess that perfectly <laughs> reflects how I feel. I'm like, yes, no, wait, let's define a star. Yeah, I think it is an
0: interesting question because, you know, different stuff out there have evolutions. You know, we see stuff changing in the universe and we haven't ever talked about the question of like, is a planet stable? Could a planet just hang out forever or does it have a next natural stage in its evolution? Mm,
1: Yeah. Is it possible that we suddenly have two stars in our sky? You know, kind of like Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What would that mean for when you have to go to work?
1: Mm, It would probably make our days longer. Yeah.
0: It would make our days longer and much more irregular right? You wouldn't have regular patterns. Mm. You'd have times when both stars were in the sky and times when only one of them was in the sky. If you've ever read the three-body problem, you know that the calendar on that planet is very complicated.
1: Mm. All right, let's jump into it, Daniel. What makes something a star versus a planet, I guess? Let's start with that question. What happens at that fork in the road for a big ball of gas where it either turns into a Jupiter or it turns into a star and or can it kind of switch over?
0: Yeah, so really it's all about mass. Like, If you are a big enough blob of stuff, then gravity will pull you in and compress you hard enough that you will start to fuse. You'll create the conditions necessary to squish these particles together so they fuse, which releases a huge amount of energy. And that's really the distinction between a planet and a star. A star is fusing, it's releasing energy, it's burning itself, and a planet is much more inert. There's no fusion happening at the center of the Earth or at the center of Jupiter, for example.
1: And that's just because we don't have enough stuff. Like if we had more stuff, it would be heavier and things would get more compressed. And, You sort of get to that pressure where fusion happens. That's right. It's all about the stuff. And it depends on which kind of stuff. Like if you're just hydrogen,
0: just gas, then you need less stuff than if you were like a huge ball of oxygen or carbon because the heavier elements take higher pressure or higher temperature conditions in order to fuse. Mm. So hydrogen is the easiest. So if you're going to go all hydrogen, you need a big ball of gas. If you're going to go all carbon or all oxygen or something heavier, you need a bigger Mm. ball. But in principle... If you took the earth and made it much more massive, same stuff, same mixture of stuff, it would turn into a star.
1: Wow. How much more stuff, I guess? I guess the question is, what does it take to be a star? How much stuff do you need? We can think about it in
0: terms of like pounds or kilograms or squirrels, but those units are hard to grasp because the numbers are so big. Mm. Let's just talk about it in terms of stuff. So let's talk about it in terms of units of like one sun. Mm. So the minimum amount of stuff you need to reach any sort of fusion is about one one hundredth of the mass of the sun. Of our sun
1: of our sun. Yeah, we're using our sun really? here as, a, as a unit. You could have something one one hundredth of our sun and it could be a star.
0: That's right. And that's only like a really special, that's the absolute minimum. It gets you above the shelf for the lowest, weakest, lamest kind of fusion. And if you reach that threshold, you're called a brown dwarf. Mm. And it's a special kind of fusion. It's not just hydrogen fusion, it's deuterium fusion. And deuterium, if you remember, is an isotope of hydrogen. In the nucleus, you have a proton and a neutron, not just a proton. Mm. And that neutron is crucial because it helps sort of bring those protons together and stick them together. I see.
1: Um, that sounds small, like 100 the size of the sun, but that's at like what, like 10,000 Earths? That's yes, yeah,
0: something like 10,000 Earths. It's a lot bigger than the Earth. Mm. And so it's not that small, right? I mean, it's small compared to our sun, but it's a big object. And they're called brown dwarfs,
1: but they're pretty badly named because they're not actually brown. (laughs) (laughs) They're not actually dwarfs if they're 10,000 Earths also. (laughs) So two strikes there for the physics community in one name.
0: (laughs) They're dwarfs compared to the other stars, Mm. but they don't look at all brown. Okay, They look magenta or like orange red. And that's just because of the kind of fusion that happens and the kind of light that they emit.
1: I see. But they are still sort of big balls of fiery stuff. Yeah. They just don't glow as brightly and Mm -hmm. they're kind of tinged in a certain color. Mm
0: -hmm. And these things exist and they're not that rare in the universe. There's one like six and a half light years away from us. It's called Luman 16. Mm. And so uh, they're not that easy to see because they're not that bright. But, you know, theoretically, we understand that they should exist and we see them out there. And so this is totally a possibility. It's the, the minimum threshold to become a star. And then those
1: are the smallest stars. So then what's the next step up?
0: Next step up is, you know, really, you might call the first kind of real star. And this is a red dwarf. A brown dwarf, people argue, like, you know, is it a big, hot, burning planet? Is it a star that's, uh, you know, just kind of lame? But a red dwarf, nobody (laughs) argues about. Like, it's definitely a star. It burns hydrogen. Like, essentially, this is the minimum star you need if you just star from hydrogen. If you have one-tenth the mass of the sun and a huge ball of hydrogen gas, gravity will pull it together and squeeze it hard enough. For it to fuse. But in a brown star, there's no fusion? There is fusion, but it's deuterium fusion. It's not hydrogen Mm. fusion. A brown star is not hot enough to fuse hydrogen. You need that extra neutron in the nucleus to make the fusion happen. And so the fusion doesn't release as much energy either. Oh, I see. So it's sort of like a cooler, weaker, lamer kind of fusion. Mm,
1: But it's still fusion. It's just
0: kind of an easier fusion. It's easier and it's not as dramatic. It doesn't produce as much energy. Mm. So that's why the brown dwarfs aren't so luminous. I see.
1: All right. So then when you get to one tenth of the mass of the sun, then you get the real cooking going.
0: That's right. That's a legit star. It's a red dwarf. And, you know, there's one that's only 600 light years away. It has a name that's all like letters and acronyms, so it's totally unpronounceable. Mm. But the cool thing about it is that it's really dense. Like it has one tenth the mass of the sun, but its radius is the same as Saturn.
1: Wow. So it's tiny. Yeah. But it's, tiny. it's compact. It's a little dwarf. <laughs> it's a little red dwarf. It's perfectly named. And is it red? Is it, it red, is Daniel? Red.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Two check marks for
1: the astronomy community oh, in terms of naming. You're you're up to zero then. <laughs> zero 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 physicists. That's <laughs> zero public. But you know, something the
0: size of a planet can definitely be a star. Mm-hmm. That's not an issue. It's not just about size, it's about mass. And remember, gravity will gather this stuff together and make it really dense and for density. You.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, it's clear that uh, things about the size of planets can become stars. And so now let's talk about Jupiter and whether Jupiter could or could have become a star. But first, let's take a quick break.
0: Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow for details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed a hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusion supply
1: all right daniel we're talking about making a star in our own backyard so what do we need? A grill? Some matches? <laughs> a lot of flour, which is on short supply. These days. Of, oh, no. <laughs> Better order a crate of it. All right. So let's. we're talking about whether Jupiter could be one day become a star, which is a crazy idea. But you're telling me that it's all about the stuff. If you have enough stuff and you compress it enough, then almost anything can become a star. Yeah. And so let's talk about Jupiter. How, how massive is Jupiter? Jupiter has about one-tenth of one percent Of the mass of the sun Mm. so one one thousandth of the sun okay so it's it's ten times too small to be a brown dwarf
0: yeah so remember the threshold is one hundredth of the sun for a brown dwarf one-tenth of the sun for a red dwarf. Mm. And so Jupiter, yeah, it's 10 times too small to be a brown dwarf and a hundred times too small to be a red dwarf. Okay. And it's made out of roughly the right stuff. It's mostly hydrogen. It's just not
1: a big enough spoonful Mm. of it. I see. And you need that stuff because, I mean, while you, like the earth could become a star if you compress it down enough, but there's nothing really compressing the earth that much except for its gravity. And so without that stuff to create the gravity, you can't turn into a star
0: yeah the earth is like one three hundred thousandths the size of the sun and so we're nowhere near massive enough to ever become a star mm. Jupiter's like it's in within shouting distance you know like 10 times too small to be a pathetic little brown
1: dwarf is like It's, you know, 10 times is not a
0: small thing to overcome,
1: but it's still 10 times too small. Like uh, that doesn't seem likely to happen anytime soon.
0: No. And Jupiter is already really big. Right. So essentially, in order for Jupiter to become a star, you have to multiply its mass by a factor of 10. Mm. That means like gather nine more Jupiters somewhere, somehow, and add it to Jupiter. Uh, All
1: right. Well, it doesn't sound very likely then that Jupiter is going to turn into a star. (laughs) Why was NASA worried about it 20, 30 years ago?
0: You know, I think they just thought that crashing a probe into it could spark a reaction. You know, the process we're talking about is sort of a natural gathering due to gravity. You know, the Hindenburg went into flames without being the mass of the sun. And so people were just worried that adding a spark to a ball of gas could potentially ignite it. But I think that was a small community of paranoid voices inside NASA. And most people weren't too worried. But, you know, if you know the story, we were worried about igniting the atmosphere when we tested the first atomic bomb in New Mexico. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. That was a possible concern?
0: Yeah. Before they tested it, they did the calculations and they couldn't rule out igniting the atmosphere. But, you know. They went ahead and tried it anyway. <laughs> What's the
1: worst that can happen?
0: <laughs> so it's not just particle physicists that are potentially ending the world, okay? <laughs> oh, good.
1: It's other kinds of physicists.
0: <laughs> That's right. And even ending potentially other worlds. Mm. Yeah, so if you wanted to turn Jupiter into a star, you'd have to somehow gather these materials.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. If you're an alien in the Arthur C. Clarke novel, how would you do it? Well, you know, where can you get these materials? Like, what is the
0: source of raw materials you'd need to turn Jupiter into a star? Mm -hmm. There's really the biggest things in the solar system are the sun and Jupiter. And after that, everything else is a tiny detail. So the only place to get this stuff is from the sun. So you'd have to basically steal from the sun siphon off a huge amount of matter mm-hmm. and, you know, feed that into Jupiter somehow. Really?
1: There's not enough gas floating around or asteroids floating around to kind of feed Jupiter?
0: There's only a tiny little bit of gas and asteroids. Most of the stuff is coalesced into the sun and into um. Jupiter. And, you know, even Jupiter is like a tiny fraction. Remember, it's one one of the mass of the sun. So if you like made a bar chart of all the stuff in the solar system, it would basically just be the sun and then, you know, a few crumbs. So Jupiter is just like the biggest crumb. And after that, there's basically nothing of note. All
1: right. So you would need Jupiter to be 10 times bigger. And so maybe let's talk about how that would look like. Like, let's say we increase the mass of Jupiter by two. How would it look different? It
0: wouldn't have enough energy to fuse, right? And so it would just look like a bigger Jupiter. It would just, you know, be bigger and fatter and it would have just as many crazy storms, but Mm. there'd be really no fundamental change. It might emit more radiation because it would have more activity in the interior due to increased pressure. Mm. Like the surface would look sort of the same, would just be bigger? It would just be bigger, yeah, and the surface would look sort of the same. But we don't really understand Jupiter's like cloud patterns and what's going on there, the crazy vortices, the red spot. That's the kind of thing we don't understand. And if we increase Jupiter's mass then all the features that contribute to that craziness Mm -hmm. would be doubled. Mm -hmm. And so we'd probably get it as, you know, twice as many bands and much more craziness. And maybe the red spot would be even more insane. Right. But there, there are a lot of questions about these gas giants. Remember, Saturn has a hexagon on its North Pole that we don't
1: understand either. Right. We did a whole podcast about that mystery.
0: It'd be a fascinating experiment to do to double the mass of Jupiter and just see what happens. Like, hey, turn that knob and see how crazy these planets get.
1: Yeah, let's do it, Daniel. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'll write a proposal. (laughs) What's
1: the worst that can happen? Well, what, what would be happening on the inside? Like, I know that the inside of Jupiter, there's like, what is it? Frozen hydrogen or something? Metallic hydrogen? This metallic hydrogen,
0: yeah. This yeah. Oceans of liquid hydrogen. There's all these layers of more and more compressed hydrogen. And as you add more stuff to it, then those layers get denser and denser, mm-hmm. right? Until at the very core, that's where the fusion would begin when you get enough mass. I see. You sort of like gradually approach it and you get these layers and layers of more intensely squeezed hydrogen. Okay,
1: so then as I increase the mass, let's say I'm, I'm pouring more hydrogen into Jupiter. Now we're at mm-hmm. like four times the size of Jupiter right now mm-hmm. or the mass. Do things still change like, you know, does it suddenly become more solid at the core or does it become like a this kind of nebulous ball of gas or does it? would it look the same, just bigger?
0: It would look the same, just bigger. I don't know that you would see much different from the outside. Like, again, we don't understand the, the patterns on the surface, so it's hard to predict what those would look mm. like. But on the inside, you'd be getting new layers. You'd be getting, the, the core would be denser, right? As you add more mass, you're creating new layers in the core that are denser and hotter. And eventually, you're going to make the one that's going to fuse. Oh...
1: I wonder if it would grow another eye. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: (laughs) That would be totally awesome. In fact, we'd wonder if that happened, if it was typical or unusual. So really, we should replicate this project. We should make like 10, you know, double Jupiters or 10 quad Jupiters just to see if it's uh, systematic or not. Wow. I mean, while we're scooping matter out of the sun and playing God, let's be systematic about it. Let's have fun with it.
1: (laughs) All right. So now let's say I keep going and I've I've pumped up Jupiter up to one-one-hundredth the size of the, the mass of the sun, where it could become a brown dwarf, I guess, would it just automatically turn into a, a brown dwarf? Or does it need like a some kind of event to trigger it? Or does it happen slowly?
0: Jupiter wouldn't actually turn into a brown dwarf if you got it to one-one-hundredth the mass of the sun, because that's a special kind of process. It needs deuterium. And if we're just adding hydrogen, remember, which is just protons and electrons, that needs to get to one-tenth the mass of the sun. Deuterium is a special thing. And you need a proton and a neutron and the electron around it. And the neutron helps that fusion happen. You might think like, well, that's weird. How's a neutron help fusion happen? It's neutral anyway, right? Remember, neutrons are these bound objects of quarks that have Mm. the strong force. The neutron is what helps hold things together. Like in heavier elements, the neutron is the reason why the element is stable. It keeps the protons separated. And the little residual strong force from the quarks helps tie everything together. So the neutrons are like the little helper-assistant particles making the fusion happen. So brown dwarfs use this special channel only available when you have deuterium. I see. So Jupiter isn't mostly deuterium, it's mostly
1: hydrogen. Oh, man. All right, so I I did all this work. I inflated Jupiter to 10 times its size (laughs) and uh, apparently nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. So let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's keep pressing the accelerator and see what happens to Jupiter. But first, let's take a quick break.
0: And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
1: All right, Daniel, if I pump up Jupiter to 1 100th the size of the sun or the mass of the sun, nothing would happen. I would need to get to 1 Tenth of the mass of the sun in order for Jupiter to be a star. That's right. Make a blob of gas
0: that's one-tenth the mass of the sun, then gravity will coalesce it and it will start to fuse and it will start to glow and it will be a new star and you can name it whatever
1: you like. (laughs) Well, now I feel this pressure to come up with a good name. (laughs) Uh, But basically you need a hundred Jupiters. You need Jupiter to be a hundred times bigger Mm-hmm. or more massive in order for it to ever become a star. And even then it would be a red dwarf, which is not like the shiniest, prettiest kind of star. That's right. It'd be much smaller than our star and not as bright. Mm. And would it ignite right away or is this like, like a slow burn where it slowly turns into a red dwarf? Well, it depends on how dense it is when you
0: start. Like if you just start from a big diffused cloud of gas, the way our solar system started, mm. then it's going to take a long time for gravity to pull that together if you start from a place where it's already pretty dense, like about as dense as Jupiter, mm. then it's not going to take gravity that long because everything is already pretty close together. Oh, um, I see. But it'll start to burn from the inside, right? And then that will have to heat up the next layers and the next layers and the next layers. And so this isn't the kind of thing that's going to happen, you know, in five seconds, but it's also not going to take a million years.
1: Oh, I see. It's going to start at the inside and then it's the, the heat, the explosion of that, it's going to gradually make it to the surface. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you'll see it glow, like
0: a star. Exactly. And it's just like uh, any other kind of fire. You know, the energy put out by it sustains it, keeps that temperature hot, keeps those fusion processes going.
1: Mm. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, we're not likely to get 100 Jupiters all in the same spot suddenly, although it's kind of cool to think about. And so maybe um, step us through what is the future of Jupiter? What's going to happen to it? It's not going to become a star. But what is it going to become?
0: Yeah. And, you know, even if Jupiter did become a star, like if it turned on, I just want to mention that it's not going to be as bright as our sun and it's much further from us. Right. Jupiter is much further from us than the sun is. So even if it became a star, it wouldn't be nearly as bright in our sky as the sun. It wouldn't even be as bright in the sky as the moon is. Actually, one of our sharp listeners did this calculation. Dimitri Rudoy found that a red dwarf would be a bit brighter than the moon in our sky. Thanks for keeping us honest, Dimitri. So it would just be like a fairly bright star in the sky. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Even as is, without inflating it, Jupiter, if suddenly Jupiter ignited and became a star... Which we say we, it couldn't happen. But if,
0: even if you turn Jupiter into a red dwarf, if you made it a hundred times as big and it ignited and it was a red dwarf, it wouldn't be as bright as our sun. Um, and it's much further away from us. So we would appear dimmer in our sky. So
1: it wouldn't be very bright. Oh, the distance from us to the sun is much closer than us to Jupiter.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Oh, wow. Jupiter is six times as far away from the sun as we are which means that at its closest approach, it's like four times as far away from Earth as the sun is. And so that makes it one sixteenth as bright if it was the same brightness as the sun. But it's going to be, you know, much smaller than the sun at the minimum threshold. And so, maybe just not that
1: bright in the sky compared to the sun or even the moon.
0: So, pretty much nothing would
1: change if Jupiter suddenly became a star.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't really change at all. I mean, it wouldn't be as bright as Elon Musk's Starlink satellites, even. Mm,
1: We wouldn't get that dramatic two suns floating in the sky, Luke Skywalker looking out into (laughs) the sundown. Of two stars, it would just be like a bright star in the sky.
0: Yeah. And so for that to happen, to have like two effective suns in your sky, Mm -hmm. you really need a second star that's as big,
1: as bright and as close. That's really critical. Mm -hmm. And that that would probably be kind of a mess, wouldn't it? Like if you had two (laughs) suns that (laughs) close together to each other and to you, it wouldn't be a happy happy solar system.
0: Yeah, and if you somehow created that sun and then inserted it into our existing solar system, there's no way that any of our orbits would be stable, right? It would like completely gravitationally perturb all the orbits. Like, say for example, a huge sun came and ate Jupiter. Like some sun from another solar system happened to intersect our solar system and just gobbled up Jupiter. And we call that the new Jupiter for some reason. That would totally destroy our solar system. Like Earth would get flung out into interstellar space. Um, There's almost no chance that all the planets would then And like suddenly fall into a new stable set of orbits around this pair of suns. Like that's very unlikely. It would just
1: totally disrupt our our orbits and probably toss us out into space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'd become a rogue planet. We'd end up with no stars.
1: All right. Well, so then what is more likely to happen to Jupiter? What is Jupiter's most likeliest future? Jupiter's future is actually not
0: that exciting. Mm. I mean, planets are pretty stable. They're just hunks of stuff that are mostly inert. I mean, there's stuff going on in the center of the earth, but it's not burning itself. It's not consuming itself. So like stars have a lifespan because they are burning their fuel and eventually they can't manage that anymore and they collapse, right? The fire from that fusion is sustaining them. But we're not really burning anything here on Earth and Jupiter isn't burning anything. It's just a lump of stuff in space. And they can do that basically forever. Lump
1: of gas. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you just have a blob of gas, it can just be a blob of gas
0: forever. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Earth has an uncertain future because we're so close to the sun that when the sun evolves and becomes a red giant, it's going to become much, much larger in the end stages of its life. It's going to grow and eventually the Earth will be inside the sun. Like the sun will grow so large that where we are currently will be
1: inside the mm. radius of the sun. But for Jupiter. But Jupiter, it's much further away. It's got a good spot. Uh, so they're, they're not going to be consumed by the sun or maybe even affected by it.
0: Yeah. When the sun goes red giant and absorbs the earth, Jupiter will be fine out there. I mean, the radiation from the sun will increase. The heat from the sun will increase. And so that will increase the amount of solar radiation that lands on Jupiter. So it might get like more violent storms on its surface. It might affect that red spot, it might heat it up a little bit, but it's not going to be a big change for Jupiter. So Jupiter is in a pretty good mm. spot. It's happy to sit there forever and not really do anything. Wow. Sounds like we're going to have to move to
1: Jupiter in a few <laughs> billion years.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Jupiter is not that great a place to land. <laughs> as the Galileo probe discovered. Mm.
1: But uh, maybe one of the moons of Jupiter, right? They're, they're saying we could potentially live in one of them. There's water maybe in some of them.
0: Yeah, there's lots of moons of Jupiter that we think might already have life. We did some fun podcast episodes about what's happening in the potential underground oceans on some of those frozen moons. Yeah. Some of them have like a thick layer of ice with
1: water underneath. And so that could be a nice place to live. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big ball of ice and water out there just waiting for us.
0: Yeah, assuming the aliens don't come and turn Jupiter into a star.
1: No, but, you know? but they can They would have to add, grow it by 100. They would have to grow it by 100. Yeah,
0: exactly. So they'd have to steal mm. all that mass from our sun. So yeah. I don't know what the aliens were thinking in 2010. Yeah.
1: Well, I wonder if the future jupiter Jovian astronomers are then going to be laughing at our astronomers, just like we were just laughing at the dinosaur astronomers saying, man, they should have <laughs> seen the sun... I should have known that the sun was going to turn to red giant and, and gotten out of the way
0: yeah well that's going to be in like a billion years and so I hope that we're still doing astronomy in a billion years and that we have those kind of mm. things to think about and to worry about but I also hope that in a billion years we've gotten off the planet and we have our Jovian moon colonies and astronomy happening in the outer reaches of the solar system, and maybe even develop warp drives to go to other solar systems. Mm. Hey, I guess that's one way you could do it. You could build a wormhole that connects Jupiter and the sun to sort of shunt material from the sun directly into <laughs> Jupiter. There you go.
1: <laughs> Oh no, now now we spark sparked the imagination of a physicist. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen if we create a wormhole like a nice Jupiter and the sun?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, fortunately, I don't know any engineers willing to actually build this thing for me. So I'm free to speculate wildly. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll, <laughs> we'll all make a pact. All of us engineers will make a pact not to help any physicists do any kind of crazy stuff.
0: Don't answer emails from Daniel, even <laughs> if they seem like a
1: good idea. Yeah, even if he has money, <laughs> don't... Hid reply. (laughs) All right. Well, it sounds like uh, a lot of the people who maybe were worried that Jupiter was going to turn into a star can rest easy. Because it doesn't sound like Jupiter is going to be a star anytime soon or can even become a star anytime soon or maybe ever.
0: That's right. Even though Jupiter totally dwarfs us, it's really small compared to the thresholds necessary to become even the dimmest, lamest kind of star. And it's much, much smaller than those cosmic giants that are out there fusing and illuminating the cosmos. And so while there is a lot of drama out there in the universe, stars collapsing and forming and all sorts of crazy things happening, it seems like Jupiter is pretty solid. Yeah.
1: So rest easy and relax because Jupiter is just going to keep on floating out there, keeping its big red eye on
0: us. That's right. And we recommend you invest in Jovian Moon real estate. <laughs> Can you, is that listed on Redfin?
1: <laughs> send me a check and I will send you a title <laughs> all right. to your new property all on right. Jovian Moon. <laughs> sounds like you could get arrested for that, Daniel. But, um, (laughs) all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for joining us.
0: And thanks for sending in your questions. If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, please send it to us to questions at danielandjorge.com.
1: See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening. And remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio.
1: LED headlights, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.